Welcome back to the podcast, Speak Your Peace. This is a podcast about Utah's history. Our guest today is Dr. Greg Thompson, Associate Dean at the University of Utah's J. Marriott Library, and also a Western historian. Thompson's very fascinating story about the Bears Ears area, a one-if story, how very much it could have been different for what we have today in the San Juan County area. Greg, thank you again for being here. Pleasure. What are the reasons that people made, what are the arguments about not having San Juan County as a reservation? They began to build um, with some force in the early part of the 1880s after the agreement of 1880, which was established to uh, move the Southern Ute three bands to the Plata Mountains, and that turns into being uh, seen as a failure. Once you start looking at, and there are a, there's a commission that's built uh, or put together, um, I think this one came from uh, St. Louis, and uh, a later one comes from uh, uh, Leavenworth, uh, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you imagine the trip out to uh, Ignacio, Colorado, and um, essentially Monticello, Utah in those days? It's, it was a tough assignment. But um, they, there is an effort to look for a solution of what to do with the Utes. You you now have uh, nearly 2,000 people who have been held in um, a kidnapped way, not knowing where they were to go and how to establish their economic lifestyle in the lands. And um, it was very hard. These people are still livestock uh, people. They still have herds of uh, cattle of 3,000, 4,000. They have horse herds that are in the hundreds for the bands, and you have goats and, and sheep, and they're trying to keep these animals alive, fed, and themselves. So it's a pretty harsh scenario that we're talking about for the Ute people. As you move into the um, decade of the 1880s, and this effort to move to Utah actually takes shape. And at a point in 1888, um, Ignacio, now the major leader of the Wimanuch or the Ute Mountain Utes, is pushing hard to see the move to San Juan County happen. And the it, it, it took me a while to understand the dynamics of this, but What's really going on here? For him, he was going home to his native land. He was born in San Juan County. And it was a natural for the uh, Ute Mountain Utes to want to go there. The uh, Capote and the Moach, on the other hand, uh, were Colorado-based Utes and New Mexico-based Utes. They weren't so sure they wanted it. But as their rectangle piece of reservation land below the San Juan uh National Monument or National Mountains, um, National Lands Area and, and Mountains becomes more and more penetrated by non-Indian people, 
roads are built through their reservation. They can't stop them. They have to give up part of their reservation for a railroad. The the, uh, Denver and Rio Grande Western Railroad comes in and heads in Durango, a new established community in 1881, drives its way to Silverton, Colorado, up the Animas Valley uh, the next year. All of these things are putting pressure on the Utes, and they know that they are in serious trouble. So they're pressing to go, their solution becomes, go to San Juan County. At the same time, um, the population buildup in San Juan County moves at a very rapid rate. It's amazing how what kind of Development goes on in San Juan County in the 1880s and by uh, 1895. It includes individuals coming in and staking land rights, um, many of them Utahns looking for land uh, to own. You have the uh, a small gold mine, a gold rush on the San Juan. Uh, riverbanks. Riverbanks, It's on the uh, northern side of the San Juans. That drives miners into that area. The cattle companies continue to grow and and take over lands. And there's a lot of aggressive uh, contact between the Indians and the cowboys. The cowboys were pretty rough and tumble, and they'd just as soon shoot an Indian as talk to them. Mm -hmm. At least that was the emotion that was was around. And you had the uh, a whole new movement in the country for changing the policy, the American Indian policy of the federal government. Prior to 1887-88, that policy had been to move American Indian tribes and groups onto reservations, try to segment them out of the way of the onrushing uh, settler filling up the West. And that obviously was failing. The Southern Ute Reservation was a perfect example of how and why it didn't work. There had to be another way. The way that emerged came out of the 1880 Ute Agreement, where they tried to move the Utes to the La Plata River and give them individual allotments of land to farm. Equally as disastrous, but somehow at that period it was a solution. So the um, groups like the um, the Indian Rights Association, the Women's National Indian Association, the Lake Mohawk uh, Conference uh, annual uh, meetings, all worked to um, bring together primarily Protestants, white Protestants in the East, to push Congress and the White House to adopt a Jeffersonian uh, agrarian land-based policy for the American Indians. Um, a plot of land, and uh, you, grow, um, you grow products on that land. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that, that movement became very powerful, and it absolutely swayed Congress, both houses. And uh, they... So in 1887-88, you get what is known as the American Indian Allotment Act or the Dawes Act, named after Senator Dawes, um, 
passed in Congress. And those two forces, the one of the Colorado group trying to move the Utes out of Utah. I mean, out of Colorado. Out of Colorado, excuse me, uh, 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 going. And the national movement for a uh, solution to the Indian problem. Let's talk about next uh, the relationship that Utah has with the federal government in Colorado. What's the difference there? So, as you know, uh, Colorado becomes a state in 1876. Utah becomes a state in 1896. Uh, it's that the question you ask is very complex. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could be here three hours discussing <laughs> that. Uh, but by and large, uh, the the um, relationships between Utah, its citizens, its governing group, and the federal government has not been good. And um, they, um, they're they struggling, uh, obviously, in the late 1880s and 1890s to uh, come to an agreement that allows them to move Utah into statehood. And um, I'm sure our listeners know that story quite well. And it it's playing here. Mm-hmm. It's part of the play. And they're not... Uh, Washington is not paying attention to them as well as they would say no. Colorado or other yeah. states. They, they paid a lot of attention to to uh, Colorado. Although uh, one of the things that helps the Utah group is the founding of rich ores in the Park City Mining District and in the Bingham Canyon Mining Districts. Um, that money force, this flow uh, of, of uh, silver, mostly silver ore, uh, means a lot to the federal government. And so um, paying attention um, meter went up significantly for Utah. Um, and and by the time you get to the settlement of this issue of whether the Utes are going to Utah, which was in uh, 1895, um, the feds and Utah were working closely together for uh, keeping the Utes out of San Juan County. So all of these forces, the reformers, the cattlemen, uh, the absentee owners, uh, the uh, settlers that had come into Utah. Uh, you mean the Mormons? Uh, the, the Mormon the, settlers. Coming in, trying to settle the 79ers and, their and elsewhere. And um, the um, um, other individuals wanting to open up parts of the land of San Juan County. Um, managed to push uh, the uh, House of Representatives into not voting for a bill that had already passed the Senate, and it did so within a month after it was introduced. They, um, the forces working to stop the movement of of Utes into Utah, stalled the legislation from 1888-89 to 1893-94. So so you have a a group of of congressmen, and you have uh, lobbyists, and you have a lot of forces in Colorado that have moved it so far that you have a bill— basically making a new reservation in Utah, in the San Juan area, uh, passing the House. The Senate. The Senate. Yeah. And then on to the House. And this bill was the result of another commission coming to um, both uh, the 
the Ute Reservation in Colorado and into San Juan County, Utah, to survey conditions. And in 1888-89, that uh, the commission um, that commission comes. Its charge is to settle the Colorado Ute issue. Period. Mm. And the 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 solution they come up one with is the one we've been talking about. The all three bands of the Utes living in Colorado agree to go to San Juan County. Now that's it was a stretch for the Moach and the Capote. Mm-hmm. They're unfamiliar. This is that's not uh, ancestral lands for that. Those two branches are segments what, of the tribe. What what's hard to understand uh, because it it's hard to find sources that detail this. The Utes traditionally have had enormously capable leaders. Yeah, I'm sure Sandra Jones, Dr. Jones probably talked about she, that. She did an Ignatius, uh, Ignacio. Yeah. Uh, I know he wanted to somehow uh, stop the Dawes Act individual allotments and held fast to the community uh, land ownership. He did. He convinced his colleagues um, and the leadership of the other two bands and convinced his own people, which wasn't as hard, to accept um, the 1888 uh, uh, settlement uh, or um, proposal to go to Utah. And, uh, and the, uh, as I mentioned, all three bands agree to it. So in the minds of the Colorado Ute people, they had agreed to move. They were ready to go. Congress stalls. Mm. And the, no bill reaches the desk of the president to sign. But as you might guess, that's a tough principle to communicate to uh, tribal people located in in uh, reservation they've lands, they've gone and through all this negotiations yeah. amongst the various bands. They they really, in a sense, think, okay, fair enough. We can avoid the Dawes Act. That's we right. don't need to go to the Uinta uh, Reservation. We can basically have some some semblance of their lifestyle they had been accustomed to. Two things that are important: the uh, the Colorado Utes in Colorado were starving, actually. And their cattle were dying, their horses were dying, and the ability of the federal government to um, to complete the agreement and its promises for supporting the tribes failed, was failing, continued to fail. And so the Ute peoples become very desperate. And in 1893, Ignacio convinces his people, his band, we have agreed we are going to uh, move to San Juan County. They said they agreed to it. We're going. In December of 1893, the, about 350, uh, my numbers may be a little, little uh, shaky there, but a large number of buttes pick up from their location on the western end of the Colorado Ute Reservation and move their cattle, their horses, their goats, um, and themselves, um, children, 
wives, women, and the, the male members of the tribe over to Dry Creek, at the Dry Creek area in San Juan County. Now that's, I, my understanding is that that's uh, between um, uh, the Abajos and the, and the LaSalle area. Um, I should have checked that a little more closely, but I think that's where it was. It was a good place to be in the middle of the winter. And, On their way. Uh, and so they come through um, around Sleeping Ute. If you know where the Sleeping Ute Mountain is, it's right on the border of Colorado and Utah. And that was considered part of the Ute Reservation. They come around the north end and go uh, up through McKelmo Canyon into San Juan County, Utah, and over into an area that um, the Ute Mountain Utes were very familiar with. That was area that they used years and years and years in the past for um, winter uh, range and winter headquarters. And um, they set up housekeeping, and they do it very quickly, and they do it unannounced, and they are pretty remote. The the agent that was uh, there to be kind of looking after them uh, got caught off guard. This creates an absolute um, crisis in Utah and certainly in San Juan County, Utah, and in Colorado. You've got a bunch of Utes on the move, and they're in, in serious numbers. With the ability and the alliance with Navajos just south of them that uh, were sweeping into San Juan County and we're going to reinforce that original idea of 1888-89 of making San Juan County into their home base. And when you have the the uh, cattlemen, the Mormons, all of these people, the, the presumption of this being made a reservation is them to be removed. By that time, by mid-decade uh, of the 1890s, Salt Lake City... Um, the, the state government and the um, Church uh, of G Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints all were very aware of the importance of San Juan County and immediately began to, under the governor, Governor uh, Caleb West, to um, uh, bring the, uh, tr the National uh, Guard, what we call the National Guard, into play. Everybody rushes down to San Juan County mm. to try to settle this issue and hoping they wouldn't have uh, an absolute um, onslaught of killing going on. The uh, fairly recently named agent in Southern uh, Colorado, David Day, well-known, um, been in that area a long time, and the Colorado officials come as well. And um, it takes some doing. It is cold, it's snowing, it's miserable, but the Utes are on their homeland. Mm -hmm. And it takes a bit of doing to convince them they can't stay, they must go back. They were given an order to pull their teepees, pack their um, all of their goods, and round up their cattle and their horses and their goats and be gone in five days. So this, this is in December. Oh. 
was this uh, after the bill did not pass? Yes. After it was yeah. it was stopped and and uh, it 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 had it been tried, I think, seven or eight times, and it had all failed. Um, there is a solution that emerges. The solution follows something like the 1880 agreement um, in that it uh, used uh, the Ute Res Southern Ute Reservation in Colorado as the home basis. The two bands, the Mowatch and the Capotas, are given allotments and put on that land uh, to the east. On the west, Ignacio, tremendous leader, uh, said, I will not take allotment. I want my land on the west end of the Colorado Reservation. My people will all be uh, one, we'll be together. Our cattle and goats and horses will be there. And that's the way it is today. Wow. And so uh, th there is a tradition of really exceptional leadership in the Ute. It, I, uh, Ignacio went to Washington at least three times I've uh, I've documented, maybe four. He testified before Congress. He met with the president. He worked with the in, uh, interior head of the Interior Department and the uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs. And uh, he could speak Spanish. Yeah, he wasn't he was, too good. He uh, wasn't so English. good with English, but he familiar with the trading patterns. Uh, he, he, he understood. He just understood. And he was a very influential leader uh, for the pe the Ute peoples. So San Juan County, just by one vote and a, a lot of stonewalling, does not become a reservation. Nation. But what a story. And it describes the uh, Ute's connection to the Bears Ears very well. This is part of their ancestral it's, lands. It's why the Utes are uh, one of the five tribes uh, arguing for the the national monument size, the mm -hmm. original uh, Obama, President Obama size, and have every right to be at the table. Let's talk about sources. This is a story that has been uh, not entirely understood, but there are other historians that have also described and spoken to this. Who are they? Let, let me just quickly uh, mention several names. Robert W. Delaney, um, the late Robert W. Delaney was a professor of history at Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado. He established the Center of Southwest Studies, and uh, he uh, worked a good deal on the Southern Utes and the, uh, the Ute Mountain Utes the, uh, and the reservations, and uh, actually wrote a monograph on uh, the Ute Mountain Ute tribe. Very good book. The real, uh, he, the real uh, uh, hero here is uh, Professor Robert McPherson, who lives in San Juan County, long time, um, and has written enormously on the Navajo, uh, the White Mesa Utes that live in Utah, and the um, and this um, whole um, Ute Mountain Ute Southern uh, or Southeastern Utah uh, question that we're talking about. It's published in the um, Utah Quarterly, Utah Historical, Historical Quarterly. And I would encourage people interested in the story, look at his, uh, his article. He gives very clear um, narrative to the 1893-95 period and the, um, the incoming Utes and the outgoing Utes that happen. And, uh, and that's available online. If you search under Robert McPherson and the uh, Ute, and uh, say Ute Indian, you will be able to find uh, numerous articles in the quarterly, including the one 
So my own Spoken work of. began in the 18, 18 1960s, <laughs> uh, uh, late 1960s, when I was working with Dr. Floyd O'Neill, the late Dr. Floyd O'Neill, documenting the history of the Southern Utes and the Ute Mountain Utes. And uh, I wrote a thesis that was um, published as an occasional paper on the establishment of the Ute Reservation, includes details about uh, this uh this whole story, and uh, that was published by Fort Lewis College in the Center of Southwest Studies. And I published a, a couple of articles in the quarterly, as well as uh, when the Historical Society uh, sponsored a bicentennial program uh, publishing the history of each county. And there's an article that I did for the uh, history of San Juan County mm -hmm. talking about this. Um, and um, so it, it's a story that's gotten some movement. Most of the time when I go into San Juan County and ask about their understanding of this early history, most people are not aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that Robert McPherson and myself certainly— Oh, and Sandra Jones. And, and Sandra Jones, her new book published by the University of Utah Press uh, entitled— being and Becoming Ute, the Story of an American Indian People, uh, wonderful, complete history of the Ute peoples. I highly uh, encourage you to take a look. And she was a guest here on Speak mm -hmm. Your Peace uh, some weeks this, ago. This, this is a lifetime study that she undertook. Mm -hmm. uh, it was her dissertation at the University of Utah for her doctorate degree and is amazing work. You know, when I think of the, the story of the Native American in Utah, um, there's so many different tribes, so many different stories. I appreciate, Dr. Thompson, that you came today to tell us about this fascinating story of what if in San Juan County. I hope your listeners can make sense of out of all this. <laughs> I think, I, I think uh, <laughs> it's, it's a complex, complex story. Yeah. It is. It's wonderful to have you come on to speak about it. Well, my name is Brad Westwood. And you have been listening to Speak Your Peace. Speak Your Peace is a podcast about Utah's history. If there's one place, one podcast you get your Utah history fix, this is the place. Thank you, Dr. Thompson, for being here today. You are welcome, and thank you very much for inviting me. I've had fun. Ditto. I hope you'll tune in again to Speak Your Peace. Goodbye.